0: We get it. You want to acquire the cars consumers want. You want top dollar for every one of those sales. Carfax can help with that. Only Carfax has the most accident info, damage info, and service info. Critical information you need to acquire the right cars. The info you need to provide transparency and build trust with your customers. No one has as much accident, damage, and service info as Carfax. Go to CarfaxOnline.com to make sure you have access to the most info out there.
1: Welcome to Used Car News Podcast. Used Car News is your top source for fast and reliable news that car dealers can rely on for this evolving industry. Here are this month's top stories. Income growth keeps up with higher vehicle prices, NAFA opens 2024 conference registration, and George Foreman car collection goes on the block.
2: Hello everyone. This is the Used Car News podcast. I'm managing editor Jeffrey Bellant of Used Car News. And today's guest is awesome. We've got Bill Elizondo. Anybody familiar with the National Independent Automobile Dealers Association for Car Financial knows who Bill is. He's been around for a while. He, his title is Senior 20 Group Moderator and a consultant working at NIDA. Bill, welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks
3: for having me here today.
2: Great. And we are getting Bill at a great time. He is fresh off the uh, NIDA's Buy here, pay here dealer forum that they just had recently. Where was it at, Bill? Remind me.
3: It was in Indianapolis uh, at the JW Marriott, uh, Indianapolis, Indiana, just uh, about a week and a half ago.
2: Yeah, time goes funky like this, right? I was looking at the lineup. We were not even, but boy, you had a great lineup of dealers and, and panelists and stuff. So I thought that was really good. Let me ask you first. Tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get in the industry?
3: I started out back in 1990. So uh, <laughs> uh, back a while back in uh, San Antonio, Texas, I used to work for what was called Norwest Financial, I turned into Wells Fargo Financial, and then now recently is Car Financial. Um, I worked for them for about 18 years and traveled around, moved all over the country: San Antonio, Houston, California, Los Angeles, up to uh, Seattle, Washington. Um, back to California, Nevada, uh, Las Vegas, and then I went to the Atlanta, Georgia area. So, been around a little bit and kind of traveled around. So, uh, I, I definitely know a lot of different individuals within the industry. Then went from there. We did business with uh, with America's Car Mart way back when, and uh, had a chance to kind of meet Jeff Williams. They were looking for a director of collections. <laughs> So I had that chance to go over there and become the director of collections for, at then, uh, at that time, they had 91 locations. So uh, I really enjoyed that, uh, that opportunity as well. And um, I worked from there to being a vice president of operations, and that was great. I had uh, 29 locations that I worked with, about uh, 200 employees, about 80 to $100 million portfolio But uh, just great opportunity um, in a lot of different ways. And Carmar is just an an amazing organization. And then uh, one last move to uh, Superior Auto. Went up there to Fort Wayne, Indiana. Actually, that's where I'm at now. And uh, had a chance to work for another large buy here, pay here, great operator, Superior Auto. Uh, Excellent, excellent. Yeah, you know, it's funny, coincidence. We
2: just did an interview with former NADA president uh, Keith Hagler who just moved on to America's Car Mart. So he gave yeah. us a little bit of deep stuff about what happened uh, with him transitioning there. Jeff Williams, your guy, just is the one who recruited him. And wow, he couldn't say enough good things about America's Car Mart. It just, I know what kind of businessman he is in his family. And he said... You know, he's nervous about medium, everything. He said, boy, their way and his way just mesh perfectly. He just really said a lot, especially about, you mentioned on the collection side. So, obviously, you had a lot to do with it. He just praised their collections process in terms of how they work with customers.
3: Oh, yes, absolutely. It's uh, probably one of the best uh, ways that they have a chance to build those relationships. I've always known for years, but uh, they kind of instilled it a little bit more into your to your mind and to the mindset, not only just of the, the people that work there, the associates, but also the customers. And that was a big, huge thing. I mean, that's what continues to make that business successful. Excellent. Great. I'm glad
2: I'm glad you mentioned that. Okay, so you went into this forum and you've had this forum last year. Again, great lineup of people. What were you guys hoping to achieve by having this conference?
3: You know, I think uh, the biggest thing was kind of at least getting inside information to the different dealers around the country, opening up their minds to, you know, what's kind of happening out there. What are the opportunities that they might be able to have kind of moving forward going into 2024, being able to kind of nail down some processes and some procedures that they had and have now to kind of solidify those so that they can actually have a really good opportunity to, again, have a, a strong start to 2024 and just at the same time have a good finish to 2023. So I think those are the biggest things that we we looked at. Talking a little bit about, you know, what's what's truly happening in the market you know, how to help find capital, maybe, as well as collections and, uh, you know, just uh, reviewing expenses to ensure no excess, you know, so just different things that we were talking about throughout the day. And I think the panel itself, the, the initial panel, great lineup of individuals. So, so uh, you know, we, we had uh, three guys and and uh, that were up there that were top in the industry. And then uh, uh, Nick Markosian uh, was a moderator, uh, another fantastic individual as well. Excellent. What were the couple of things
2: that you wanted to drill down to really give these folks things you guys are seeing in the marketplace that you wanted them to to be on the lookout for it or, or to address?
3: Yeah. So, uh, you know, how to uh, really focus in on, you know, the collection side of the business, uh, how to focus in on, you know, if you're, if you're really trying to work through sales, building that relationship with the customer from the start, how to kind of do that. Recon, making sure that uh, you have a good recon process and that, you know, it's about not necessarily losing money, but at least breaking even, if not maybe making a little bit at the point in time. But for all practical purposes, especially if you're just doing recon for your vehicles before you retail them, those are gonna be the biggest and most important things that we kind of definitely talked about. But I think in the, you know, again, going back to to the uh, to the subjects that they had within the, the panel, that their discussion was more about, you know, what's happening in the industry, just. High level, you know, what do they see? What do they expect to see going into 2024? And how can we make sure that we're all going to be prepared for that? I think that was one of the biggest and most important things that they were talking about at that point in time. So we also had roundtables. And that was really amazing because We had dealer roundtables that were given the opportunity to be able to sit with dealers that are about their same size types of businesses and you know have an opportunity to be able to discuss different issues that they're having just like a 20 group you know and so so we won't go into that yet but you know definitely something that i want to talk about because Dealer roundtables are all about networking with other individuals that in most cases are are non-competing and and 20 group, definitely non-competing. But in this particular case, you know, most of them were probably non-competing, but they were still, you know, some smaller areas and some areas that they might have had where they had a chance to at least sit down and talk with them. But they talked about so many great things uh, within these roundtables, and they spent three hours. And I'll tell you some of the best ideas that came out of these. And And these were hot topics. These were the most important things that they felt were going to be in, uh, needed to at least be discussed and talked about within the industry today. Okay.
2: Was there anything that jumped out at you that was a concern of theirs that they had questions about or stuff that they're dealing with, specific things that they were
3: dealing with? You know, I think the biggest thing and the most important one was, you know, just Money, right? Uh, so the the yeah. cost of of, uh, of money right now. Not how easy is it to find it, but where can they find it at this point in time? And you know where where is the the best avenue for them to be able to go down that route to be able to at least have that opportunity? Uh, but you know there were so many different topics uh, that you know even touch on that. And a lot of times, you know, some of these dealers themselves, they're using some of their own capital. Uh, maybe they have maybe a smaller bank and maybe not the finance company. Maybe they have some investments for some other individuals that they might have used to kind of, you know, build their business. But a lot of these were, you know, we, we talked about advertising and lead generation. We talked about customer retention, which was huge because, you know, you don't need to fight so hard to get another customer if you can keep that customer that you have right now and get them as a repeat customer. So so that's always a big thing. Uh, you know, other things were, you know, collection, I'm sorry, uh, inventory, and then, uh, you know, just a recon, just end sales at the same time. Also, how to cut your expenses. You know, what do you need to do to kind of, you know fine line those those expenses so that you're not spending any more money than you really have to at this point in time. So really going through and seeing, you know, what can I cut out that I don't need going into 2024 and really kind of honing in on those things as well.
2: And you ended up, you led a session specifically on sales and management. What were you trying to impress bond dealers and what was the, or the big issue that you're seeing in that area?
3: So I would say that the uh, the biggest thing that, that we touched on at that point in time were just Clear business strategy. What exactly are you trying to accomplish? Uh, Really kind of focus in on how to really create a customer-centered approach with your customers from the dealer's perspective, technology, making sure that you have the most up-to-date and current technology to be able to help the dealers communicate, right? Most people don't want to just call and talk on the phone. They might not even want to be a in person, but, you know, making sure your website's up-to-date, making sure you have good texting platforms, you know, to be able to communicate with them. And then uh, just other marketing strategies that we kind of talked about. And the most important one is KPIs, uh, benchmarks, you know, uh, making sure that you're kind of focusing in on, you know, keeping forward with what exactly are the KPIs that you're looking to attain, what are the benchmarks out there that you want to kind of shoot for and, and kind of move from there. So those are the most important things that we had within my my sales training class. And I had a full, it was a full house. I think I was uh, standing room only. So, so I was pretty excited that uh, so many people were really focusing in on that part of it. I think the other groups were great as well. And mm-hmm. we had two others that were being talked about. Also, we had collection processes and practices, and then also maximizing uh, service profitability. So that was the recon side of it as well. Yeah. Does it
2: have, you know, I've always heard jokes about like buy your payer, their, their customers are always in crisis. So the market can go all over the place that might affect certain people in this market. I'm thinking mostly on interest rates. What kind of advice do you give to buy your payer dealers? Because the interest rates are high, even for an average you know, credit person, let alone a buyer payer?
3: So, you know, I I would say that, uh, you know, one of the biggest and most important things is, you know, this is a risk business, right? Uh, so, you know, you you want to make sure that you are, are doing what you need to do to make sure that that risk is going to be lessened by, you know, you making sure that you're going to be able to make the money that you need to. I think with the banks of the way and the finance companies that they're charging a higher interest rate because their money's more expensive, so they're having to charge uh, the dealer a little bit more money, uh, you know, for the interest rate that they have. You just have to make sure that that spread is going to be right in line with what kind of money are you trying to attain and and trying to profit from at that point in time. I don't really have a specific number or uh, interest right. rate that I would say you need to be charging. Every state's going to be a little bit different. But, you know, there's going to be a spread of some type because, you know, again, you're taking on a riskier customer in most cases. And even today, to try and get a car, a new car to go get it financed. You're upwards of eight or nine percent, and that's for an 800 credit score customer. So right. it's not the easiest thing in the world to get, you know, one, two, or three percent that you used to get three and four years ago, and or zero interest. <laughs> that's You're right. It's almost nonexistent, right? So you know, it's it's definitely a lot more costly at this point in time. So you know, just. You got to be cautious and you got to make sure that what you're doing is you're charging the interest rate that's going to be commensurate to what the customer that you're going to be doing business with at that point in time.
2: I was going to say, too, and it seems like obviously that goes back onto the underwriting on the customer side, because if you're finding your, that customer that you, you feel like you've got nailed down, then the other stuff I would assume comes a little bit easier.
3: Right. Yes. Yes, absolutely. You know, the underwriting is going to be a big portion of that. And, and that's something else that, you know, I touched on even in my sales classes, you got to have good underwriting, whether you have a model that you use or that you, you, you pay for, you might have one that you've developed yourself. For a long period of time, you know, we made our own decisions within our organization. And still, you know, as far as I know, the management, you know, within these organizations that I've been part of, they were able to make their own decisions there at the dealership, not necessarily go by a score. But it was because we did a lot more of verifying information. Underwriting is amazing. And, you know, if you do the right type of underwriting, you're going to get some great results. And we've seen that. But then also, it's that relationship. I'll tell you all day long that if I can talk with somebody and I can have a good conversation and I can verify their information to make sure what they said was actually correct, then there's in lies where I'm going to be more comfortable to be able to say, I'm willing to do this deal. You know, you don't get that all the time. A lot of times what you get is you get that individual that they're telling you something, you don't verify anything, and then all of a sudden you're upset because you can't find them anymore. You know, I always talk to people all the day long. I'm glad you got the information. What did you do with it? You know, you just took it. I've got it on an application. Well, that's wonderful. But if you didn't verify that information, therein lies some of the issues that you might run into. That's great. You know, I
2: remember at a panel, a couple of NIDA about nice, sweet gal and everything. But she said when she gets in the underwriting process, she's hardcore on the customer says, listen, this is what's going to happen. I don't want to repo. I don't want to do this. But their expectations, the customer's expectations are locked in at the beginning. You know, what I mean, and, and it goes into what you're saying, that underwriting so that it seems like it's harder for you guys, but you got to do for them what the banks are doing to you guys in terms of money. You know what I mean? You want
3: right.
2: to have that attitude, I would guess.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I use myself as an example. My wife and I have traveled around and moved uh, a number of different times for the companies. And so we've always had to apply for, you know, different mortgages, different things. You know, now they're asking for a lot more information than they did 10, 15 years ago, and they want specifics. And so it's just, it's the same thing. And, you know, it, there's there's not any difference of anything that they're asking for at that point in time, other than they're now more specific to say, I really need this. And you, you, you got to provide every bit of this information at that point in time. So it's everywhere. It's not just, you know, with our customers, but I stress with our customers, especially on the collection side, the sales side as well, you know, and so, so every part of this is all about collections. In this business, buy here, pay here, lease here, pay here. It's all about the collections. We're not a car dealership anymore. We're a finance company because right. we're ultimately the ones that are going to be financing that customer. So anyway, I'm sorry. I'm going on a little tangent, but uh, you oh, know, okay. I'm very passionate about this business and 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 how it works and, and what you try to do, because it's not easy. But it, you know what? It doesn't have to be hard. Uh, you know, there, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of great things out there that can make it easier. No, that's great. And it's good
2: for you to say that, because I'm telling you, over the years of covering this, it is the thing that guys like you have to press on people. You are a collections company. You are a finance company. You are not a dealer in, in it. And once you have that mentality, I would assume it makes everything a little bit harder from car selection to lining up the person with the car. The whole, the whole deal is easier.
3: Right. Yes, it does. Yes, absolutely. So those are the biggest and most important things that uh, that, that uh, you need to kind of at least Recognize and understand. So yes, I would wholeheartedly say those are the things that that uh, that we focus in on, especially in the the uh, the consulting side of what I do, but also in the twenty groups that, that I moderate. How and what we need to do to be better at that part of our of our uh, job at that point in time.
2: Anything jump out at you? And I didn't ask you this earlier, but um, you might have just said it all. But was there anything that jumped out from the dealers who attended that you know either wasn't what you expected, but an issue that came out that was something that was a concern generally amongst the group or anything like that?
3: Well, I think the biggest um, a thing that kind of came out from the group was, you know, really finding and holding on to, to your employees. I yeah. think that was a big, big, at least not question, but but uh, discussion. You know, the other ones, you know, that, that uh, were talked about were, you know, how to make sure that, uh, you know, within that same realm, you're talking, mm-hmm. you know, how do you keep your, your employees there at your dealership? How do you keep your customers within your dealership as customers? Right. So, right. it all goes back to that same circle, right? The relationship. Right. And so, uh, you know, it's that customer-centric approach. You know, I'm going to really work with them. But – Teaching and training and educating is, you know, that was a big part of this. You know, I mean, why are you there to learn so many things if you're not trying to help yourself get better and then your people get better? So, you know, we we, we definitely one of the biggest things that I think that we talked about was where do I find people? How do I find them? Where's the money? How do I get that? And collections are getting higher. Account losses are getting, uh, you know, more because the balances are bigger. So, you know, how do I start to minimize and mitigate those as well so so that uh, they're not going to be so it's not going to hurt so much in the very near future? Uh, so, so just a lot of different factors and a lot of different things talked about in that respect. Okay, cool. And it's funny, you talk about these
2: dealer panels. I always joke with people. As a reporter, I love dealer panels. You know, I'm not a dealer, so I haven't sat in on 20 Group, but I love when you guys organize dealer panels, which are kind of like mini 20 Groups, really. And you hear right. people talking about the different ideas that they have and how they're doing things. And so now I want to transition into 20 Groups because when I see that stuff, I'm a reporter, I'm not a dealer, and I find it so interesting. And I learned so much about The things dealers deal with, the things that they kind of spread around, like every dealer kind of deals with, and then the ideas they come up with to solve these issues—they're not going to be crossing over. You know, one dealer may be able to say this works perfectly for me. Another dealer says, "Yeah." Another dealer says, "Nah, not really in my market." But this is where I guess where the twenty groups come in. Tell us a little bit about the twenty group because I'll say this to people listening: I've never talked to a dealer. I've talked to dealers who weren't in 20 groups, you know, it's too much or the time commitment or whatever, but I've never talked to a dealer who got in a 20 group and regretted it or left it. I mean, so tell us about what 20 groups are.
3: Yeah, so 20 groups are the group of dealers that, you know, in our case, from NIDA, non-competing. So you're not going to be talking to your neighbors and kind of telling them your secret sauce. Um, You know, you get a chance to be able to network with other individuals about the same size of business and or same type of or, you know, a length of time in the business, but are doing the same volume in, in a lot of cases and they give you the insights and information that they're and the problems that they're going through but you're also talking with them about some of the issues and concerns but then besides the issues and concerns you're talking about the strategies to get better how and what you've done to say i went through this problem let me tell you what i did because the best thing about a lot of these dealers is they've gone through this stuff they've already been down that road and said hey look I got 25 years in this business. Let me tell you how I got through this. Right. And I think that's the biggest and most important thing. You know, it's the agenda topics that we bring to the table. And as, as moderators, you know, our responsibility is to make sure we're going to bring some, some great topics that everybody's going to want to talk about. We have the, the discussion, the business discussion about their actual composites and the numbers so that you can find out if someone's not really telling you the truth because you can actually look at their numbers and say, hold on here. That's not exactly what you just said that you're probably doing because your collections are not in line with what you just said that you're doing. Now, uh, you know, someone can always kind of, you know, th- there can be a-, a few little fumbles here, there, yonder, you know, as far as the numbers go. But at the end of the day, it's more than likely going to be everything that you need to know about their business. And they're going to know about your business because the most important thing is why go to a 20 group if you're not going to share good insight and good information? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, this person's going to be, your, you're going to use them as your board of directors or all these other individuals, and they're going to use you as their board of directors as well. So, you know, you're sharing stuff. And a lot of times they become lifelong friends. There's some individuals in some of my groups that they go hang out with each other on the times and, and the places where we don't go. They go to their weddings. They go to their family's weddings, you know, whatever the case may be. So it's a great camaraderie. Uh, we've got all different types of groups, you know, and, and I know we didn't necessarily get into that, but, but you yeah, know, go we, we've got all different types of groups. We've got a buy here, pay here, lease here, pay here, retail groups. We have a finance group. Uh, we also have a, a service groups for both retail and buy here, pay here as well. So, There's a little bit for almost anybody in this independent space and the business, and we're looking to possibly do a little bit more in the near future. But right now, that's a whole heck of a lot of them that uh, everybody can kind of get involved with at that point in time. And through the NIDA, it's a nonprofit. So we're not selling anything. We're not looking to to get you to buy anything. We're just here to give you inside information and facilitate a meeting at that point in time with you and a bunch of your peers. And you guys, uh, the typical 20 group will meet, what, three times a year, four times a year? Three times a year, um, uh, normally about a day and a half or, you know, meet on a Sunday night for a reception all day, mon- Monday uh, meeting, half a day on Tuesday and everybody goes home. So by noon on Tuesday, you're, you know, for the most part, most of those meetings kind of run that way. They go home. We've got an express group, though, which is amazing because we meet on a Sunday afternoon somewhere around one or two o'clock in the afternoon. Go till six, eat dinner next day, eight o'clock in the morning or seven thirty breakfast. But eight o'clock in the morning, we start meeting and we go to about one or two and then you're on your way home. So you barely miss, a, you know, a day of work or half a day of work. So, you know, in a lot of cases, there's almost no reason not to be in a 20 group other than, you know, oh, I got a commitment of, of whatever it is and I just can't get away. I think what you said earlier is the people that you found that have been in 20 groups find it to be so much more information than they ever thought possible. The insight and, and knowledge that they gather and gain from each of the individuals that are in those groups is the biggest and most important thing that, that happens as well. I think it was Kendra as well. I was talking to her. She was talking on the panel and she talked about her 20 group. And she at
2: the time was doing collections once a month which now most, yeah. pay, a lot of people do them, you know, once pay period, whatever that is. And she yes. said, when I told my 20 group, she said they were mortified. They're like, you can't do this. So a few months later I interviewed her and she had started transitioning to pay period. And it did make a huge difference, but it's funny. There's a situation where if you think things are going okay. Or maybe you're struggling. You don't know unless you talk to these peers that maybe that's not the way everybody's doing it. Maybe that's not the best way to do it. So I thought that was interesting.
3: Right. Yes. No, that's exactly right. You know, I, I a lot of people come in and say, "Ah, oh, my business, fantastic. You know, why would I need to come to a 20 group? But they come and all of a sudden they learn. And they're like, whoa, you know, well, what am I not doing? You know, what are the other products that are out there that, that I have available to me to be able to get to and do at that point in time? So it's really exciting to kind of see the light bulbs go off. And, and these guys have been in business, you know, for, for 15, 20, 25 years. In a lot of cases, now we also get the new ones. You know, don't get me wrong, you know, it's not everybody's got, you know, so many years of service, but it's because we get the new ones that are aggressive and wanting to get and start to build their business that they learn a lot more from a lot of these other guys. But the young guys teach the old guys the older guys teach young guys so you know and we have a whole mix of individuals that are in this space as well so it's a great little melting pot that you can have for 20 different dealers at one time
2: yeah you've done this at the NADA and i know you it's one of those things i think you do in the 20 groups is the hot topic section you meant you mentioned it for the conference uh, tell everybody about the hot topics. This is like a great idea, I think. Again, as a reporter, you like to get information and something like that is a good idea when you guys are talking to dealers.
3: Right. Yeah. No, hot topics. So normally uh, a week before the meeting, send out an email saying, hey, you know, what are the most important things to you today that you want to be able to talk to your board of directors, the, the other dealers, about and discuss with them, how should I approach this? What should I do? Have you guys run into this? You know, if you have, you know, what, what are the, some of the things that you've kind of done to kind of get yourself through this particular issue? I've created with some of my members uh, Facebook pages and then uh, that are private Facebook pages just for those members and or WhatsApp um, group text messages where they're asking questions. So it's not just going to one meeting and saying, you know, set it and forget it. You know, the old Ronco, you know, it's more about, you know, you're, you're having the opportunity to be able to speak to people. All year long, that are you're going to be able to communicate with them. So it's that open opportunity to be able to have those communications, and we're actually creating something through the NIDA that's going to have that same type of of, uh, of ability. But you know, those hot topics that we talk about, they go on throughout the entire year. So so when we talk about it in the meetings, we're having some great discussions, and again. They're going to be honest, straightforward, and tell you exactly what they should do. I see it on, you know, whether it's on, on Facebook or, or maybe some of the other uh, social media sites To kind of people talk about some topics that they have. There's normally some pretty decent answers, but you got to be cautious because not everybody's going to be able to tell you exactly what they've done because sometimes some people don't want to speak to some of those things yeah. because of other potential issues or concerns and or maybe it's a competitor that might be able to pick up on somebody saying something at that point in time yeah so so, but you know within these groups everything stays there everything that's talked about stays within the group and doesn't go anywhere else so so you know but the hot topics are absolutely i want to say we spend you know a couple hours so maybe three or four hours on those hot topics every meeting okay you guys do the composite right for the the group Yes, we sure do. We have a composite for each
2: That that seems like the critical component of almost the biggest benefit of that group.
3: Yes. Yeah, well, that's the financial. All the history and, and all the information about how your business is truly running. So there's a number of different questions that we ask through, at the, through the NIDA. And it gives us, you know, and some of them are, are uh, you know, the same question in a sense over and over again. But the most important thing is that we're going to get an answer that we're going to be able to use and utilize within the the, uh, the composite book. And it's going to rank you. So so just like any other person or any other dealer, they're always competing. So, you know, there's what we call the left-hand side of the book, which is going to be the the people that are doing pretty darn well, and they're probably normally ahead of uh, benchmarks And or the right hand side of the book, you're not doing as well. You could be doing better, but let's take a look at the guys that are doing over here and see what they're doing. And let's talk to them because this is going to be your area of what you can do. Uh, It's just 22 pages in normal cases. And we might not go through all of them but we sure do go through a number of them. And uh, we, we discuss a lot of the different issues that we see within the dealerships that they're having. So, so, you know, a lot of times I might pick out something, they might pick out something. Somebody within the group might say, hey, what are you doing over here? Because I saw your numbers and I really want to talk to you because this is my struggle. So they bring up those questions and everything else. So it's it's, it's great. Yeah, I think that's great because that's one of those ones where you might think you're
2: doing well. And maybe for you, you are doing well. But if you see that others are, you're, you're kind of on the right-hand side and you say that, wow, I could be doing a lot better. Why are you doing this? So that it's good. Like you said, when you don't realize there are things you could be doing better and you may not know it because you're kind of content, you know, with where you're at.
3: Right, absolutely, absolutely, yes, sir, yes, sir. And so,
2: people pay a fee for that membership, and then, how do you guys determine where you meet? Is it something that's close to everybody, or is it how do you determine?
3: Yeah, so that's determined by the the, the groups themselves. So each group will determine and vote on uh, location sites. We've got some groups that don't want to go too far away from airport hotels, which is great. That might want to take it a little be a little bit longer and enjoy a little bit of a of a destination uh, location but we've got a whole mix of different groups that do want to do different things. It normally doesn't get too far out of hand. You know, there can be a little bit of an expense, but again, you know, the the idea is it's not so much the expense, it's the opportunity to be able to meet and talk with other dealers and have that chance to be able to have that communication. I think we've learned that zoom and and teams and and, and everything else are great and there's great conversations that you have, but in person is going to be so much better in so many different ways and if you want to really try, truly uh, build on your business, this is going to be one of those ways to have that opportunity. But to get back to your question, yes, you know, they, they choose the, the locations, they're voted on, they're decided. Then we go from the NIDA, try to negotiate the best rate, the best deal to be able to get everybody to mm-hmm. these meetings as inexpensively as possible.
2: Yeah, that's the thing I like about it, That it is. The group is deciding. It's not like being dictated and stuff. So it's everybody. So you're going to get some good um, compromises or whatever, be able to say, okay, I'm happy with this. So I, I think that's really good. Right. Excellent Excellent stuff, Bill. I, like I said, as some again, as a reporter who sees these things and, and talks to people who've been in these groups and have, again, listened to these discussions. Uh, it's a really, I mean, I've never, I've always heard dealers. If you go out of that and you get one or two tips, that's going to save you money or make you a little bit more money a month, that adds up, you know?
3: Yeah. Oh, it does. You know, I mean, I have had dealers that, uh, one guy grew his uh, his business uh, and he he credits the 20 groups from, I think he started uh, in the group at about 2 million. He's at over $10 million in receivables now. And he credits, you know, all the different ideas and thoughts and, and processes that he learned from the 20 groups. He built it from one location to multiple locations. Um, another guy's saved, you know, and or made upwards of, a, you know, $500 million, you know, just on an idea that was given within the best ideas. So that's the other thing. You know, once a year uh, in most of these groups, we have a best idea contest and best idea is going to be something that's going to be a money saver or maybe a money maker. You know, so, uh, you know, that definitely, definitely some it's a great camaraderie, great opportunity. And there's just so much information you just don't know until you know. Right now is
2: the best time to be part of a group that's either going to make you money or save you money because everybody's struggling right now. I mean, in terms of wanting to do better. Now, you guys have great guys, Ed Curry and Ben Goodman. We've seen him on the thing. And David Brotherton, everybody knows him. He's been around for a while, too. So you got a great team. It's not just you. So it is something that people should check out. If they want to find out, they just contact NIDA.
3: Yeah, so so they can go on to nida.com and on there you're going to see uh across the top uh, there's going to be a section you can hit for for 20 groups education so that's going to be where they can go and click on that and they're going to be able to find out a lot of information at that point in time uh, so so it gives them an opportunity to be able to to learn something and be able to besides what they have within 20 groups they're going there's education on there a lot of other little things that they can find but nida.com
2: pretty simple. Excellent, Bill. Boy, that's great. Is there anything we didn't touch on that you wanted to mention that I hadn't asked you about?
3: Sure, sure. Well, you know, and our our uh, sales manager John Dismukes takes care of the twenty groups. I should have, should have mentioned that also, um, okay. which is which is a great opportunity to. Uh, the, if they f- fill out the information, it's going to go to him. He's going to figure out, you know, hey, you know, here's the best place for you to probably go. Let's get you over here. And then at that point in time, then you have a chance to be able to start to communicate with the moderator. And you mentioned all of them. So so uh, definitely any one of the four of us are going to be great opportunities to, to be able to have conversations with. The only other thing that I might say is that, you know, big thing uh, going into uh, 2024 is education getting that education making sure that that uh, you know you're you're giving yourself that chance to be able to have that and you know opportunity to talk to every individual possible networking definitely big pluses so so those going to be the big ones that we have going forward i mean i know i have a collection class coming up in december just uh, uh in a couple of weeks or so uh so so that's going to be great but you know at the end of the day the most important thing that i think that everybody really needs to be able to really focus in on is how do i make sure that my people are trained well enough because if they're trained well enough, they do a great job, they understand exactly what I'm expecting and what they should be expecting, you know, and the customer should be expecting, that's gonna be the most important thing. And, and, you know, mission, vision, and values, you know, what's your mission, what's your vision, and what are your values? You put those three things, you talk about them consistently in the meetings and how you have those discussions, those are gonna be the most important things that you're gonna to have to be able to say, this is how we run our business, And everybody understands it, and our customers understand it. So at the end of the day, it's a no-brainer, and we just go out and we just go and have fun.
2: Yeah, excellent, excellent. It is a good point. Like you said, it is part of NIDA, so it isn't going to be the same type of costs maybe if you're going to a private company type things so yeah right. folks There are, there is a link if you go to nadi.com get links so the different leadership positions and they do have a tab for 20 groups has all those people down there john dismukes just like it sounds d-i-s-m-u-k-e-s would be the guy to talk to but bill i really appreciate tons of information really enjoy your sessions when i see them at conferences and i really hope people consider 20 Group. and again bill elizondo from nida thank you for joining the used car news podcast
1: in october consumers triumphed over market challenges as strong income growth offset rising prices and increased auto loan rates according to the cox automotive moody's analytics vehicle affordability index new vehicle affordability saw a slight improvement Jonathan Smoke, chief economist at Cox Automotive, noted that robust income growth and reduced financing amounts empowered consumers against negative market dynamics. Although the typical payment increased by 0.2%, the median weeks of income needed to buy the average new vehicle decreased to 38.6 weeks, lower than last October's 40.1 weeks. Median income and the Kelley Blue Book average new vehicle transaction price both rose by 0.3% while manufacturer incentives decreased. Despite a new peak in the typical new vehicle loan interest rate at 10.55%, the estimated monthly payment increased only by 0.2% to $767. Compared to the previous year, new vehicle affordability in October was better, with a 3.7% decrease in the estimated number of weeks of median income needed to make the purchase. This positive shift came despite higher prices, highlighting the resilience of consumers in the face of evolving market conditions. NAFA Fleet Management Association, the leading membership association in the vehicle fleet industry, has opened registration for the NAFA 2024 Institute and Expo, taking place in San Antonio, Texas, from April 22nd through 24th. This three-day conference is the ultimate gathering for fleet and mobility professionals across corporate, government, public safety, utility, and education sectors. With a focus on new frontiers, big possibilities, the event promises innovation, inspiration, and industry transformation. Offering 35-plus hours of education, cutting-edge exhibits, and extensive networking, NAFA I&E is not just a meeting, it's a shaping force for the future of fleet management. Join the confluence of industry pioneers and be part of the driving force in San Antonio. Former Olympic gold medalist and two-time heavyweight boxing champ George Foreman is opening up his car collection of over 50 collector cars spanning every decade from the 1930s to the present. The auction, presented by Haggerty Inc., runs from December 11th through December 21st, with multiple cars closing each weekday. Foreman, still known for his George Foreman grill with over 100 million units sold worldwide, is excited to share his collection with fellow enthusiasts. The vehicles in long-term storage will receive mechanical attention before being driven bidders should note cosmetic effects from a 2019 garage fire ensuring due diligence before placing bids standout examples include a low mileage 2005 ford gt and a rare 2000 bmw z8 in topaz blue metallic the auction promises a unique opportunity for car enthusiasts to own a piece of george foreman's impressive collection Thanks for listening to Used Car News Podcast. Each month, we'll bring you fast and reliable news that car dealers can rely on for this evolving industry. For a free subscription of Used Car News, please go to usedcarnews.com. This podcast is a production of BG Ad Group. Make sure to share us on social media and like and follow wherever you get your podcasts.
0: We get it. You want to acquire the cars consumers want. You want top dollar for every one of those sales. Carfax can help with that. Only Carfax has the most accident info, damage info, and service info. Critical information you need to acquire the right cars. The info you need to provide transparency and build trust with your customers. No one has as much accident, damage, and service info as Carfax. Go to CarfaxOnline.com to make sure you have access to the most info out there. Want to save up to 80% on steep new tire prices? Premium used tires, like used cars, are a safe and affordable option when purchased from reputable sellers like Champ Tires. With more than 40,000 tires in stock, all you need to do is go to champtires.com to find the exact size, brand and model, and tread depth you need. Every tire is inspected and air tested, and shipping is free. This savings tip works. when you need to replace one, two, or even all four tires. Shop at champtires.com today.